Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. BetOnline is your number one source for all your betting needs in sports, info, and odds. Find all of the latest sports developments, including this week's odds for the Masters Championship and the start to the Major League Baseball season. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino and poker games. It's super easy to get started, so join today. Learn why everyone is saying BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to wager on popular sports and games. BetOnline, where the game starts. What up, TCK Potters? Welcome back to the program. I'm your host, Sky Guasco, joined by my man, Bobby Lamarco. It is opening day for baseball. The sun is shining. Bob is in a basically in a, in a sauna down in San Diego, beautiful Southern California. Mm-hmm. It's 75 in Eugene, Oregon, which is unprecedented for early April. So we're warm, sun's out, guns out, baseball's on the mind. But of course, this is a fantasy football show. We're getting into it here. We got our Top five fantasy football winners at the wide receiver position from free agency. So per usual, Bob and I are going to break down five of who we think are the top winners for free agency. We have an honorable mention as well. And then come back this evening, you can find out who we feel are losers who are actually not benefiting from free agency moves, either from them personally or the teams in which they migrated from or to. Very excited to get into this, man. I've been off a couple of days, Buck and Bob and holding it down. Buck and Levy. Pulling it up earlier this afternoon. Make sure you subscribe right here on the Fantasy Focus YouTube channel and the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast anywhere you listen to the Believe Networks. Bob, I know it's warm, bro. I know you got the AC blowing already in early April. What is going on down there, man? Well, first off, I just because of the noise factor, I have all my fans off. So by the halfway through the show, you'll see my face starting getting red. I'll start sweating. I'll start getting verbally uh, agitated with Sky. So I apologize to all our fans. I don't do heat well. Uh, but most part, the good news about San Diego, they throw a 95 uh, temperature day at you, and then they drop down to 75 the next day. So we'll be okay long term. But for today, I'm going to push through. As you can see, I'm in a different room of the house today. It's a little cooler in this one. But let's get into it. We're going to talk about the top five. Wide receiver winners from NFL free agency. Not all these players we're going to talk about today were free agents. We're just going to talk about how free agency impacted these players specifically. Some cases, they were free agents, went to better teams. Other cases, some guys left, and now they're going to get more targets. So, Sky, let's get into number five. And I'm I'm just going to say I have a hint. It might have to do with Patrick Mahomes just a little bit. Juju Schuster is one of the most exciting football players on the field and off. I'm not a big TikTok guy, for, but for the kids in the audience, he's a fun guy to watch. He's been doing all sorts of like slip and slide shows. And I can't help but be the old guy in the room on the on the like Instagram threads, just being like, I see Andy Reid seeing these videos of Juju playing like slip and slide catch. Just like, look, dude, you're coming off of an injury. Don't blow an ACL before we start games. Guy drives me crazy. But on the field, when healthy, He's been quite dynamic. And let's, again, we just praised Mitch Trubisky a couple episodes ago here, Bob. He was playing with Ben Roethlisberger at the very, very end of his career. Literally, now he gets arguably the best quarterback in the NFL currently in Patrick Mahomes. So moving from Big Ben Steelers as of recent to the Chiefs is an obvious upgrade. 
Another big part of this, though, is Tyreek Hill leaving town. Clearly, we're talking about free agency and trades, right? Like, Juju comes over free agency. Tyreek leaves in a trade. You still have – Travis Kelsey is obviously going to be the number one, but the number one C, probably the, the number two, I think, is not Miko Hardman, in my opinion. I know you made a case for him on the last show with Buck, and I do agree with what you were bringing up, that he kind of came in as that substitute for Tyreek Hill. But to be honest with you, I think Juju is going to be that guy over the middle – and, you know, we saw in the first couple seasons of Patrick Mahomes just the air raid, just throwing bombs nonstop. Well, that was really great until the end. This year they kind of dialed it back, lower A dot, more completions, more yards after catch, and Juju is very good at yards after catch. Let's dial way back to his rookie season 2017, 2018 where he came on the scene, had his career season with Antonio Brown and the Pittsburgh Steelers, and then 2020 when he was PPR wide receiver 16 as well. He had only 80 targets in his rookie season, but 900 yards and eight touchdowns. So he's a big body receiver, big body slot guy. You and I have talked about that over the years. Big body in the slot is just a mismatch for wide receivers and slot cornerbacks. I like him. I like the catch percentage, big play opportunity, scoring opportunity for uh, Juju and the Chiefs. And let's not forget, man, he only had, when he was wide receiver eight as the number two in Pittsburgh, he only had 110 catches. 110 catches is a lot, but if he's that number one, number two guy, he could have 110 plus. He had seven touchdowns that year. I think he could have double digit and 1,500 plus yards or so if he has a yard after catch. So Juju's a guy that getting drafted right now um, later than I expect him to finish. So I think the Juju thing, number one, I just want to go on record and say this idea that he can't be a number one receiver is such BS because totally of agree. the fact that Ben Roethlisberger in 2019 blew out his freaking elbow and missed the entire season. Yep. Then he comes back as a 38-year-old quarterback with a bad arm, and now that's the guy that Juju's supposed to be, quote-unquote, the number one for. On top of the fact that Juju has been in and out of the lineup the last few years, but just look at Big Ben over the last two seasons versus what he was in 2018 when Juju had his monster season. Yards per attempt in 2018 for Big Ben, 7.6. That drops to 6.3 over the last two seasons. Air yards per attempt, 11.3 in 2018. That drops to 9.5. I have a feeling that going to Patrick Mahomes, we're going to see a resurgence from Juju, so I do agree. At number four, my guy is DeAndre Hopkins. And I actually really enjoyed this one yesterday. I talked a little bit about Rondell Moore. And it's kind of the same concepts we'll be talking about here. But I also want to talk about DeAndre Hopkins specifically. Me and you did a very good episode last year on wide receiver age analysis. And we understand that players typically up to age 30 stay relatively at their same level. Uh, and at 31, 32, 33, we start seeing a little bit 8 to 10% drop off in production. Well, Hopkins is going to be 30 this for this season. And I was like, oh, man, 2019, what a disaster, right? But really, it wasn't a disaster when you dive into the numbers. The biggest thing about DeAndre Hopkins' season was target competition. A.J. Green, a healthy Christian Kirk, Rondell Moore, Zach Ertz, all now involved in the offense. Years prior, it was basically Kyler, Kyler Murray throwing to DeAndre Hopkins. And it shows in the numbers. So this team's vacating 258 total targets from last season, just from Christian Kirk, Edmonds, and A.J. Green. So opportunity will be there for Hopkins this season. But if you look at his numbers in 2021 versus his career, you'll be surprised to know, number one, his career yards per reception, 13.4. In 2021, it was 13.6. Yards per target, 8.3 in his career, 8.9 in 2021. 
So it actually went up versus his career averages. Where the numbers started to dip, yards per game, receptions per game, targets per game. His targets per game in his career was 9.4, drops to 6.4. Receptions per game, 5.8, dropped to 4.2. So we saw that the volume wasn't there. Now that these opportunities are going to be in the door for him, I think he has a big bounce back because even last season, eight touchdowns on 64 targets. Yes, it's not sustainable, but I expect the targets to go up. So even if that touchdown percentage goes down, he's still going to be an absolute stud. So that's why I love DeAndre Hopkins in 2021. Man, and should still be the the alpha easily, right? I mean, he battled injuries last year. Kyler was off, obviously. They had a run-first offense because the passing game wasn't picking up. They're going to have to keep pace with with the Rams and the 49ers. I think Nuke could have definitely a a bounce back, if you will, but kind of not get to that top five pedigree. I don't think that'll happen anymore for him, but I do think he is potentially a top 10 wide receiver. And again, possibly getting value uh, on him in like the third round or so when he's been a first-round wide receiver for most of his career. All right, let me bounce down to a guy that I have. I I'm gonna I'm gonna I think I'm gonna turn back the clock here and just predict that I have never once vouched or made a case for Devonte Parker on this show. I don't think ever since 2018, not one time. Here it comes, folks. All you Devonte Parker truthers still out there uh, knocking the rust off that want to hear my take. Here it comes. Now, my biggest issue before I get into the good stuff can't stay healthy. He's only played one full season, 2019. Last year, 10 games, 14 games, 11, 13, 15, 14, other than that 2019 full season. Kind of coincidentally, Bob, Juju, uh, Nuke, now we're talking Devontae Parker, another wide receiver coming up in a little bit, had their main career years in 2019. I thought that was kind of fun when I was diving through this. But 2019 for Devontae Parker also, 72 catches on 128 targets, 1,200 yards, nine touchdowns, good for wide receiver 11 in PPR pop quiz, Bob, off the top of your head, who was the wide receiver nine in PPR in 2019? Kenny Galladay. I, I assume you had that the ghost of Kenny Galladay. That's your guy. You got to throw that out there for you. So love Kenny G. So Devonte Parker has it in him, right? He has to be an alpha. We know the dolphins over his career have had a terrible quarterback situation pretty much the entire time. He's there. No consistency. I'm not a big fan of Tua. Y'all know that. Tyreek leaving the Chiefs is good for Juju, bad for Devontae Parker coming to the Dolphins. Well, Devontae Parker gets traded in division, which is very rare in the NFL, to the New England Patriots. Now, do I think Mac Jones is going to light it up passing? Not necessarily. But who is the alpha guaranteed number one wide receiver for the Patriots? It might be Devontae Parker. They have a number of names over there. They have a number of auxiliary guys, right? But they no longer have a guaranteed Julian Edelman right? And they haven't had a guy other than Edelman since the Randy Moss years back in the day, right? Outside of a couple of game samples. So I don't think it's going to be, you know, Jacoby Myers, the Nikhil Harry experiment is done. You know, all these tight ends they brought in last year didn't do much in the passing game. We know the run game is first and foremost, but Mac Jones is going to produce again, I think better NFL ready than Tua Tungavaloa. So I think that's good for Devontae Parker. And again, coming in right away, I think Devontae Parker could earn a number one alpha like position if not maybe he's the number two but either way he's not getting double covered at that time the talent is still there top pick of course so again in that year he was a wide receiver one he only had 72 catches 1200 yards and nine touchdowns he could get nine touchdowns 1200 yards and i think higher you know closer to 90 plus catches potentially being in the top of the food chain there 
with the uh, Patriots. My only concern is with McDaniels going to the Raiders, what's that offense look like? New scheme, new quarterback. You know, we, we talk about that all the time, but I like Devontae Parker moving on from the Dolphins, getting a fresh start with the Patriots. It's just going to be a matter of if he gets enough work, but I do like him, and nobody is considering Devontae Parker anymore for a drafted player. Before I, I, I talk a little bit, I want to make sure we do this too. In every part of these shows, we talk about current ADPs, right? So Juju is currently 66th overall. Is that a buy or sell for you? Uh, that's that's a buy for me. That's fifth round okay. in a 12-team league. I'm all about that. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins, 39th overall is a buy for me. What about you? Yeah, same. I mean, that's like what, front of the – again, we're going 12-team league. So yeah. I would say that's about early fourth round. Again, mm-hmm. he's been he's been a back-end first rounder, second rounder his whole career. Fourth round with the upside, I like that a lot. Another buy for me. All right, Devon, De- Devontae Parker. The reason why I bring this up, don't now, even tell me. It doesn't matter. Yeah, it, it doesn't matter. Hundred and sixty third. Like it's not even like he's not matter. even being drafted, right? So the thing is, when we have to put it into context, that uh, number one, one hundred and sixty third overall for a guy who, by the way, showed flashes in that two thousand nineteen season. What's the biggest factor that was Ryan Fitzpatrick? And by the way, I think Ryan Fitzpatrick is better than a lot of people give him credit for. I think last year he got hurt in the first game. We don't know what he could have done with a team that had his back for the first time in like four or five years to give him the job because it clearly showed between him and 2019 was a clear way. He was a lot better for that team, but they didn't really want to win games necessarily. So whatever. Anyway, I digress. But Devontae Parker, what I, the thing I'm concerned about is they didn't lose any, any weapons really. Right, so they bring back James White. That's a backfield, but they still have Bourne, Aguilar, Myers, uh, Janu, and they also have Hunter Henry. And they didn't really lose any targets, right? So the they have one of the lowest opportunity. My opportunity analysis. The good news is Mac Jones. There should be an elevation in pass volume in his second season. We should see him be able to throw a little bit more. You see a lot more conservative play with rookie quarterbacks. So I do expect the pass volume to go up, and that's where Devontae Parker can get some targets from. Because based on historical numbers, I'm called my analysis based on Patriots history of play calling, 85 more dropbacks next year. So that's about you know 90% of that is targets. So there's opportunity for him there. Before we get into our top two, we're going to take a quick commercial break for our sponsor, Carefactor, and we'll be back right after this. Hey, TCK Potters and Fantasy Focus community. Are you looking for options for hair loss? There are many options out there for treating it. However, most products treat the cause, such as DHT, and don't do much to support the growth of new and stronger hair. It's like removing harmful weeds from your lawn, but not doing much to fertilize the grass. That's why the Fantasy Focus and TCK team has partnered with Carefactor. Carefactor saw this problem and focused their research on finding just the right combination of biosynthetic growth factors and an innovative delivery system to promote fuller, stronger looking hair. So whether you're a listener who suffers from various forms of alopecia or even stress-related hair loss, the Care Factor treatment is the perfect scalp-friendly solution that can help and influence stronger and healthy hair throughout all stages of the hair life cycle. And now, exclusively for TCK listeners, use the promo code TCK at checkout to get 15% off all products at shop.mycarefactor.com. That's shop.mykerefactor.com. Care Factor, skincare for hair. All right, let's talk about number two, and it's C.D. Lamb. And last year, I was clearly on the Amari Cooper side. Everyone was pretty much on the Lamb side. And I think, obviously, Lamb had the better fantasy season, but we can all say the Cowboys' passing weapons were all a bust. 
pretty much across the board are disappointed to some extent. And the main reason why, and we brought this up on our show, wide receiver bus was the overcrowding. They had too many weapons on a team that had normalized pass volume with a better defense with Dak Prescott. And we saw CeeDee Lamb, seven and a half targets. Amari Cooper, 6.9. Gallup, 6.9. Dallas, Dalton Schultz, six targets a game. And no one was able to flourish. Well, Amari Cooper's out the door. Here's a ridiculous stat, okay? Well, first off, they have total 205 available uh, targets from last year. That's great news for CeeDee Lamb. But here's the interesting stat. Last year, he played six games with Gallup and Cooper in the lineup. He averaged 13.3 points per game. In the nine full games, because he left one game because he got a concussion uh, against Kansas City, nine full games with one of them missing, 12.3 points per game. Why does that make any sense? I have no idea. So I had to dive further. I was like, okay, that's weird. He has a whole extra point. Well, here, here's the problem. Of the nine games that he played, he had five games of 13 or more points. So he was a lot more consistent because in the games, in the six games with Cooper and Gallup, only two games of 13 points or more. So he had really big games that really carried him in the games with Gallup and Cooper. He wasn't as consistent. The good news is his floor got a lot higher. He did have some duds, absolute duds in those nine games. He had two or three games where he was up below six points. I think those are kind of fluky. So I do think I like the fact that CeeDee Lamb offers you more wide receiver one performances. That's over 50% than what he does with Cooper and Gallup in the lineup. On top of that, with Cooper now gone, Gallup and James Washington and Cedric Wilson gone, you're probably going to see CeeDee Lamb using the slot still. So I like that mismatch for him heading into his third season. I think that he continues to be utilized a lot in the slot because we have James Washington on the outside and also Michael Gallup. It makes sense to keep CeeDee Lamb in the slot. So I think he's a big-time winner because his versatility is going to stay strong in the slot, plus the increase in volume that he'll get as well. And that's why I think CeeDee Lamb is a big-time winner in NFL free agency. Yeah, it's a great call. I mean, I, I you guys know I I love Michael Gallup as well, right? Um so Amari Cooper leaving is a big deal. I've kind of I've kind of smashed on Amari Cooper a little bit just because I felt like the hype every year was a little bit more than what he was able to give you on a consistent basis and I just don't like players like that. He's more than boom bust obviously, but he's way boom and a little bit of bust and I just don't like those type of players. But him leaving is massive. Dalton Schultz is going to take a big leap as well. But look, man, this whole like 88, number 88 thing is a big deal in Dallas, right? Drew Pearson, Des Bryant, Michael Irvin, now CeeDee Lamb. Like that's a rite of passage in that franchise. And they want this kid to be one of those Hall of Fame Dallas players, right? So um, they're going to do everything they can to, to boost him. And I, I will be back on the CD train this year. And you say it was a bust. Bob, and you're right because of draft capital last year, but still a very productive season. Just the expectations in that offense every year are so high that if they're not top five, top eight or whatever, we feel bad about it. But, you know, CD can only go up. And let's not forget, you know, it's just still the first year or two of his career. So I think that's a great call there. All right, man, I'm going to get into my my uh, top notch here. And this is this is a no-brainer for me, but I haven't heard a lot of people in the fantasy industry talking yet about michael thomas like 2019 he's the best wide receiver in fantasy football by a lot i blew the doors off broke records right 149 catches 185 targets which is just absolutely stupid 1700 yards for a guy that you know only runs slants quote unquote nine touchdowns wide receiver one in all formats by a million miles he was what everyone saw cooper cup be this year michael thomas was that and then some in 2019 
But I think people misremember that he's also been dominant the years before that, right? Rookie season, wide receiver seven, wide receiver six, wide receiver six in 17-18, wide receiver one by a mile in 2019. He got hurt halfway through the season in 2020, throw it out. 2021, didn't play either, obviously, and now Drew Brees is gone. We get that. But Jameis Winston, as much of a bozo as I think he is, is not a slouch, obviously, with with uh, NFL wide receivers, right? Chris Godwin, let's not forget, was a wide receiver too just a couple years ago, right behind Michael Thomas with uh, Jameis Winston. So the target share is going to be massive for Michael Thomas. And, and something that you and I are talking about a lot is like free agency. Okay, Michael Thomas had nothing to do with free agency. He stayed on the Saints. But nobody has come in on the Saints. Like it doesn't make any sense that they haven't brought anybody in. They might draft five wide receivers but they're not bringing anybody in yet. There's just still some older, you know, they could bring in some, some last minute uh, free agents after the fact, maybe sign some guys before the, the season starts. But Michael Thomas right now, man, is far and away the number one. And depending on what happens with Alvin Kamara, he might get suspended. Also, people forget about that Vegas incident because of how insane the offseason has been. Kamara might miss some games. If he does, it's going to be all Michael Thomas all the time. 2019, I know I'm going back a little far on the clock, but that's the last time we really saw Michael Thomas healthy. 33% target share, Bob. We talk about we talk about wide receivers who have like a 22, 23% target share. We're like, man, that's awesome. We would love our wide receiver to have that. 33%, one-third of the, of the passes from Drew Brees in 2019 went to Michael Thomas, obviously led in targets, but also routes run. You love that stat? Number one by a mile in 2019. Number two in route participation. Number four in air yards, which I thought was uh, surprising. And this one's the most important because people don't think of Michael Thomas as a touchdown scorer. He was first in the NFL with 26 red zone targets in 2019. Now, that's not a Drew Brees stat. That's a Michael Thomas offensive game plan stat. Now, he was number one in that, again, by a mile. He caught 20 of them in the red zone. So if that's still the game plan with Dennis Allen now taking over for Sean Payton, who's retired, that's going to be massive. I love Michael Thomas, man. Again, he's just fallen way out of contention. Nobody's talking about him. He's the easy number one on his team. They're going to have to play catch up with all those teams in the division. I think Michael Thomas is an easy grab for me. So I wanted to take a look at the two. So first off, currently when we talk about Michael Thomas, he was being drafted after that 2019 season in the first round. Currently, he's 57th overall, 24th wide receiver on the board. So Silly. all these, all these, you know, negative thoughts about Jameis Winston are baked into his ADP. Now, I wanted to take a look at Michael Thomas uh 2019 uh stats with Drew Brees versus what Jameis Winston did in 2021. So I'm gonna try to get through this quickly, but 60% of Thomas's targets in 2019 came in the short passing game. 30% came in the intermediate and then about 5% in each and deep and behind the line of scrimmage. So mostly short intermediate. Jameis Winston in 2021 versus Drew Brees in 2019. Both had a similar passer rating on short passes. Drew Brees adjusted completion percentage 90%. Jameis Winston 85%. So about 5% difference. That's something, but nothing crazy. Yards per attempt 7.8 for Brees, 6.4 for Jameis Winston. So you will see an impact there. Uh, on the intermediate throws, a little more significant. Uh, Drew Brees, 11.6 yards per attempt in 2019. That's where Michael Thomas really did a lot of his damage. 8.8 for Jameis Winston. Now, to be fair to Winston, did he have Michael Thomas? Absolutely not. Uh, just a completion percentage, about 10% lower than Brees. So 
there is going to be an impact, but people also need to factor in that Drew Brees only attempted a deep pass on 8% of his throws. Jameis Winston was over 12% last year. So Michael Thomas is going to have more opportunities down the field, which is we always want air yards, right? So I think some of the inefficiencies might be made up with more aggressive throwing style from Jameis Winston. So I do like Michael Thomas a lot uh, in that fifth, sixth round range where he's going, and I don't see his value going up at all. All right, before we close, I do have one one honorable mention, Scott. I want to get your thoughts on this because I talked a lot about him yesterday. It's Allen Robinson. And I, if you want to listen to what my, my spiel was yesterday, I, I broke down Allen Robinson and why I like him. Essentially, I applied the 117 targets from Robert Woods and, and Odell Beckham, and I applied the career averages for Allen Robinson, and it would have given him 150 fantasy points, which would have been wide receiver 30 last year. And his current ADP is wide receiver 35. So – Career averages with Blake Bortles, Blaine Gabbert, Chad Henney, uh, you know, Mitch Trubisky, Andy Dalton, and now he gets to play with Matthew Stafford and Sean McVay. So that's kind of like my thought on why Allen Robinson's a buy for me. But what's your quick thoughts about Allen Robinson before we close out? Yeah, I mean, a couple episodes I had Allen Robinson as a riser for me too, and I was really thrilled that when he moved over to the Rams. And like, look, he's not the number one, but – He's just, he is a number one type receiver. He's been that for the Bears. He was that with Jacksonville back in the day when he blew up um, with Blake Bortles. But he might be a great number two behind Cooper Cup, man. He's not going to get double coverage. He's not a speedster. He's a he's a possession guy. And Cooper Cup's going to get his. Van Jefferson's going to get his. Odell, if he's six rounds, is going to get his. But, I, I, I mean, people are so scarred. <laughs> on Allen Robinson, to be honest with you, man, that that's another thing that I just, I'm, I'm buying this year. I'm back in. Let's not forget folks. Recency bias kills us in fantasy football. Okay. Two years ago before last year's absolute dumpster fire with the bears, two years ago, two years in a row, wide receivers, seven in PPR over 150 targets in Chicago, two years in a row. Do I think he'll be top 10? No, I don't. Will he be top 15, top 18 potentially? Absolutely. And he's getting drafted well beyond that. Allen Robinson is a buy for me. All right, y'all. That's all we got for the top five with an honorable mention. Winners from the wide receiver position via fantasy football and the trade and NFL free agency. We're breaking down the losers tonight. Come back with us about 9 to 9.30 p.m. Eastern time right here on the Fantasy Focus YouTube channel. We're also available on the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Focus excuse me, Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast, anywhere you listen to the Believe Networks and anywhere you listen to podcasts. If you're a baseball fan, enjoy it. First half of the league is out, opening day. My Giants take the field tomorrow in opening day for them. I've got my Mariners Ken Griffey Jr. swag on today, feeling it. 1954 replica New York Giants hat on for myself. Bob and I can both root for the New York Giants. How about that? We'll be back with you this evening. I'm your host, Scott Guasco, my man, Bobby Lamarco. We'll catch you soon. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.